Welcome to a special edition of The Half Hill Report. I'm your host, Tosh Mafuni, and what follows is an absolutely fascinating and thought-provoking interview. We were joined here in the upstairs room at the Lazy Turnip by Cadian Sunstrider, a blood elf paladin who's visiting Pandaria to take a little break from his duties in Ashenvale. So, Cadian, Cadian Sunstrider, welcome to the Lazy Turnip. Um, first of all, I need to excuse. I've, I've got, I don't know, it's springtime here in Half Hill, and my boy, you know, I'm have allergies and my voice is all screwed up so i apologize in advance but um welcome to the turnip thank you for your letters thank you for visiting katie and sunstrider for all of our listeners out there why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself badash tosh mifuni thank you for having me i know you're a bit of a linguist so i'll, I'll try to throw in a few thalassian phrases here and there thank you so much for having me yes Cadian Sunstrider, no relation. Uh, I am, well, who am I? That is a good question, isn't it? Um, I am Well, it's the question we all ask ourselves every day. So. Every day, yes. Uh, but I, I, have, I am a <laughs> blood knight by profession. I think it's easiest to start by profession. For you alliance out there, a paladin... Blood elves do it a little differently. But I am a blood knight. I am in service of the Horde forces. I am currently on vacation. I came traveling here from Orgrimmar, originally from uh, Ashenvale, where I've been stationed for a little bit over a year now. And me and my my comrade Beram, a Tauren warrior, uh, have been uh, spending a little bit of time here in Pandaria. And I understand what you're saying about springtime. There's a lot of things flying in the air here in in the valley. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> there really are. Yeah, the, the, the spring is in the air, um, Every um, a, a lot of it, and it's really hit me hard, so I apologize in advance for my voice. So you've been in Ashenvale for a year, um, and, or at, for at some time now. Um, you and your, and I'm sorry, what was your Torin companion's name? Barum. He's been with me for a while as well. Barum. 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 Okay. All right. Um, so Barum. So it's, it's just the two of you then? For this, uh, trip. Yes. Just the two of us. Okay. All right. That's, uh, that's actually a huge relief. Okay. Just the two of you. Good. Good. All right. And, uh, Okay, that's as much as I'm going to say about that right now. Um, and um, you, um, you're you taking a little rest and relaxation in, in our, you know, in our fair town here. Um, you said in your letters that um, you've been a, uh, you've been a peacekeeper. So I'm uh, here and you've stayed in Azeroth. So really kind of two questions for you on that. Um, first of all, I'm fascinated to hear about your role as a peacekeeper, and um, clearly you chose not to go to the Shadow Shadowlands, and I'm very curious. So, why don't you tell us about being a peacekeeper and the choice you made to stay here in Azeroth? Actually, it wasn't as much of a choice as it was uh, an assignment. Uh, most of the time, I go where I'm assigned, and as much as I hate to admit it, I am not one of Azeroth's greatest heroes. I was not needed as direly in the Shadowlands. And with my experience through the Fourth War, which I mentioned briefly, I've spent quite a lot of time in, in Sandalar and uh, especially Nazmir. So I had some experience in dark and scary places. So Ashenvale, after... The war died down seemed like a good spot to put me, apparently. And Peacekeeper... Was, oh, okay. Yeah. It's... um, if, uh, How shall I put this? For a member of the Horde and for a Blood Elf, Night Elf territory is not the most hospitable and hasn't been for a long time, but especially... 
well, we all know what happened. The the horrible horrible incident. Yes, yes. I, I that's that was. And I'm going to get into that, my... but uh, yeah, yes. go on. No, I I uh, <clears throat> I was. Um, uh, do, do you mind actually, Tosh Mifuni? I I just want to compliment Denden on this excellent storm stout. I've already finished my first first pint. Would you mind asking? Oh, fantastic! Okay, great. Um, hey, <clears throat> Denden, Denden. Can we can we get another storm stout up here? Great, yeah, and a and a juice for me. No, no, just just the one storm stout. And um, if there's a Torin down there, go go ahead and give him one as well. Thanks, Denden. Okay, there you go. Thank you so much. Thank you kindly. It's uh, so <laughs> most appreciated. Okay. After a while, on <laughs> gotta wet my wet my uh, appetite. You know, I haven't had a good okay. stout in quite a while. Yep. Yep. Um, well, you came to a you came you came to the bright place for a storm stout. It seems so, yes, indeed. But as I was saying, I have been stationed in in Silvermoon for quite a while as a guard, uh, as a blood knight. That is obviously where our stronghold is. Um, but at the beginning of the fourth war, I was part of the forces in the War of Thorns. The Attack on Darkshore. I was there. So you were when you were in the middle of it. I was in the middle of it. I was at the shore when Lady Sylvanas, then War Chief, made the gave the order. I, I was not one of the unlucky few who had to carry out the order, but I was there and I even from such a great distance, I could he- hear the screams. I, it's it's it, it shook me to the core. At the time, I I was so obviously I this was, is a very go on. I'm sorry. No, yes. At the time, I was. I was shaken, of course, but I had seen a very successful siege from our then war chief, and I was, in a sense, proud to be part of of this successful invasion, although not particularly proud of that action. But since then, after that, I was stationed in in Zandalar, uh, like I mentioned, in in. Nasmir to repel both blood troll, but later on also alliance forces. So I spent quite a bit of my time during the fourth war in Nasmir and some in Zuldasar as well. Um, I don't really know what I'm going on about anymore, but uh, that is my experience. And oh yes, you asked why I didn't go to the Shadowlands, and so uh, yes, it seemed uh, it seemed fitting to to keep me where I had experience. So. I was stationed together with Baram and another squadron uh, in Ashenvale to Peacekeep, which has been interesting. So uh, interesting how? Expand on that. It's uh, Peace is easier to keep when there is... when the, all the parties involved want peace, if you understand what I mean. Ah, I see. Rightfully, I see. the the night elves of Ashenvale and of Darkshore and of Darnassus have not desired peace for a while, and rightfully so. And uh, for a while, I held on to that same hatred. I remember when we were, as blood elves, first joined the horde. It was not simply out of compassion for the horde and the uh, the races that made up it was also out of fear for the alliance and especially the night elves who had sent spies and infiltrators to Quetalas to our forests so i know the feeling of betrayal of hatred and it runs deep so while commanders on both sides do seem willing to at least try to keep bloodshed from reaching Ashenvale, it it is 
strenuous at best. So even though in the events that have uh, transpired after the end of the Fourth War and this, we'll call it a, um, I'll use the phrase alliance in a very poor way, but this, this joining of forces between the Horde and the Alliance to uh, take on the, the jailer and, you know, and, and what has been happening there. Um, so at a, at a very large scale, we have this cooperation going on, but you're, but what you're saying is that at the local level where there has been so much conflict uh, in places like, you know, in places like Ashenvale and, and, uh, and, and places like that, that, okay, yes, that's happening up there at that level. But at our level, we have deep-seated resentments. We have deep-seated, you know, there's, there's many, many years of history of uh, violence and, and bloodshed between the groups and so even though things are happening kind of at the leadership level, at the big worldwide level, that doesn't always make it make its way down to the local level. That's exactly, yes. Obviously, the night elves okay. have a deep hatred for undead and the horde in general, but it also comes from the other side. I think it is hard for some, for me included, actually, for us on the forefront uh, our horde forces to see our leaders now cooperate with individuals such as Jaina Proudmore, who not long ago was in our cities in Suldasar slaying our forces out of hatred. She was full of so much misguided hatred and, and arrogance to believe that she was right. And now we're expected to cooperate with her? A change of heart is one thing, Tosh Mifuni, but to simply believe that you can be forgiven for the atrocities that you have done against a whole nation just because you side with one orc who seems sees the truth, it is hard to swallow for many people. So, so this is a fascinating, um, you know, you, it is so, so terribly interesting to hear about that from the other, from the Horde perspective, because so much of the dialogue uh, that you see uh, is behind the, admittedly and arguably and truthfully, the atrocities committed by Sylvanas Windrunner, uh, not only at, you know, in Teldrassil, um, but, it, you know, throughout the course of her, uh, you know, of her time as war chief. And I want to get into that in a second. Um, but it's, it's fascinating to hear that, um, that a member of the Horde talked in very similar ways about Lady Jaina Proudmore, who, from the Alliance perspective, and by, by the way, I'm here on the Half-Hill Report and and me personally, Tosh Mifuni, you know, basically completely neutral, um, that it's really, really fascinating to hear that perspective. I was really struck by that. Yes. So you've kind of, I was going to have, one of the questions I was going to ask is, <clears throat> excuse me, how do you feel about the current relationship between the Horde and the Alliance? And I think you've, you know, you've you've touched on that, and that's it's really interesting perspective. I believe that a lot of the hatred and and the mistrust from the alliance side comes from the understandable, terrible, atrocious acts of one Lady Sylvanas Windrunner. Currently, that is the most impactful on people's minds. And another choice few individuals from the Horde who has a lot of influence. Whereas the Horde's mistrust of the Alliance is far more deep-rooted than that. The Orcs were imprisoned for a long time by humans. The undead are still scorned by most of their families. I would like to give credit to the, the king, Anduin, Anduin Rin, who tried mm -hmm. to to unite old families, but it was clear that 
it is hard for humans to let go of old hatreds. I admit that blood elves too have held long grudges, but it seems to me and to a lot of the horde that it is not just the Alliance leadership that is being, how to put this, showing hatred and, and mistrust and simply do not want to accept the existence of the Horde. Um, whereas from the Horde side, yes, there has been a few leaders who have expressed that and have lived that out, but it seems to be deep-rooted in the Alliance culture to simply want to mistrust the Horde. And, as you say, obviously... Interesting. Lady, yes, and Lady Jaina Proudmore is, for a long time, was a big proponent against this. Um, and then experienced some loss of her own, uh, once again, by a Horde leader who acted basically by himself, Garrosh Hellscream, when he bombed Theramore, which is, once again, atrocious. But Lady Jaina Proudmore then decided that she could take the lives of several Kirin Tor and Dalaran in her own hands to slaughter them, and then to, several years later, lead an assault on Suldasar, a, at that point, neutral capital of a neutral people, only because they were a troll. It is curious how that works. But once again, I, I understand that it is not easy to, to let go of old hatreds, but it is on the floor, like you said, the people have much more distrust for each other than the leaders seem to have. It, fascinating. You know, one of the things I was thinking about as you were... The, the, sharing that and uh, I really really appreciate the unvarnished uh, you know obviously you can hear it you can hear the emotion of it in your voice especially for somebody that was there in Darkshore witnessed those events um, and <clears throat> this is going to come off maybe a little lighthearted which is you know maybe not completely appropriate in this topic no please but I'm so sorry I came in here. general I'm Meaning to be on vacation. No, 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 this is, this is a great conversation. And I think it's an important one. And part of the reason that we have these interviews on the half hill report is to get both points of view out there uh, so that people can hear and, and make their own judgments in, in many cases, many of the races of the horde, um, especially the, uh, they, they tend to be longer lived than, uh, than humans. Um, now certainly there are, you know, there are on the Alliance side, do you think those longer lived races, they carry those, you know, they, you can look at it one of two ways. Like, ah, uh, we can just, the humans, they're, <laughs> they, they have short, brief little lives. We can just wait them out. It'll, it'll be fine. Um, uh, and or is it do they do the, does it mean because of those longer lives they carry those those grudges those hard feelings uh do they carry them further does it result in them being carried further into the future than everyone might otherwise like i i believe that that, that is absolutely a opinion that that those of longer living races might believe that we are let's just say more wise more understanding of how the world works i don't know that that is necessarily true but i remember when our leader lorthamar theron there was a time when he tried to approach the alliance he tried to approach of a of a uh, an alliance if you will a a peace treaty and that had been built for a long time and has been growing for a long time within the Blood Elf society, in, in our culture. And it was all lost based on an event, a short event that in a human's lifespan perhaps seems very big 
because it will define their entire lifetime. Whereas for blood elves, it, it might right. not. I cannot speak for the Alliance or for humans or for any other race for that matter. But I do believe it is easier with our lifespan to have seen so many things tra 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 take place and, and, and change and alliances and, and wars happen to realize that in the end, prejudices only come back to bite us, only come back to hurt us. And I think the Blood Elves for a long so, time had many prejudices and there was a time when we began to let go of them. But I fear that that has started to turn back again to the worse. Okay, so the longer lives, from what I'm, what I'm hearing is that longer lives can give you the benefit of greater perspective, maybe a little more wisdom. You've seen it, you've experienced it. It's, it's not, you know, events, both positive and negative tend to get sort of flattened out with this, with the perspective of, of long life, but it can also work the other way where, um, you know, you, you see patterns, you see things with the, with the benefit of a longer lifespan that perhaps harden uh, could result in some hardening or returning of old conflicts or prejudices. Fascinating perspective, really fascinating, fascinating perspective. Hey, hang on for one second. What was that, Den Den? Breakfast. Uh, oh yes, breakfast. That would be oh. lovely. Um. Uh. Oh. Um. Uh. Okay. So apparently, your Torin. Um, your Torin companion companion would like uh, some uh, some breakfast. Uh, would you Would you like some too? If it would not be too much trouble, Tashmifuni, yes, I would absolutely love <sighs> some breakfast. Okay. All right. Um. Perhaps um, a third. Yeah, storm stout as well. <sighs> okay. Um. Wow. Um. Den Den. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. Hey, Den Den. Is are the early specials still going? No. Okay, so it's uh, it's full price. Okay. Um. Yeah. Sure. Uh, go ahead. What what whatever they want. Just go ahead and. Uh, okay. All right. You, you know what? I I invited you. It's a you know uh, you guys should uh, enjoy yourselves. You're doing a very valuable. Um, you know, you're doing something very valuable. We, we appreciate you being on the show. You're being very, you know, doing valued work as as peacekeepers. And you know, the least I can do is uh, buy breakfast. You, you're not going to necessarily want um, lunch, though, are you? Well, it really depends on how long of a conversation and how lovely of a time we have together, Tosh Mifuni. Okay. All right. Well, we'll try and uh, keep this quick. Um, the um, Okay, so that was that was a, a, a really fascinating uh, conversation. We we got into some great stuff there, and I, again, I want to tell you how much I appreciate your you know your your candor on that. Uh, you know, you could hear the emotion coming through. Um, you know, uh, our war correspondent Eamon Wet Branch. Uh, you know, he's witnessed some some pretty horrific things. Uh, you know, uh, in, you know, in Darkshore. Uh, he was there at Darkshore. He was there um, in Zaldazar. Not his favorite place in the world, by the way. Um, and, uh, you know, not because it's, I'm, I'm sure it has lovely parts, but boy, he had some pretty horrific experiences in the, you know, in the darkest part of the forest there. You know, speaking of our correspondence, um, you don't happen to know, uh, you know, I got to be careful about how I ask this question because Gerd the Ogre just braced me on this pretty hard uh, in, in the last time he was on the show. But you don't happen to know our correspondent, Eliandor, and his twin sister, Shala, do you? Not uh, closely. I have had run-ins with their family, which I am sure they would be elated to hear that I know of their family someone of my stature knowing about their high high you know they 
It seems like they are very proud of their family, of their status. I have never had the pleasure of meeting them personally. And frankly, I hope that I do not have to run into Shala while she is on business, shall we say? In her professional capacity, yes. We, we all know Shala uh, has a very creepy profession. Um, but, you know, I guess you do what you need to do. You know, I my everything I've... Everything Eleandor has already, you know, has already, I believe he refers to his family as having an obscene amount of money. Um, but, is, uh, you yes. know, I... that is a good way of putting it. <laughs> An obscene amount. I, I could agree to that. Actually, now I've never actually meet, met them or seen them. How would you describe Shala, appearance-wise? Um, well, you know, this, this, is, this is really interesting. Obviously, you are an um, extraordinarily handsome example oh. of of your race, um, oh, me and uh, Shala as well, and um, Eliandor. You know, this is an interesting thing that um, blood elves have a reputation for being one of the most attractive races in Azeroth. Um, and I, I don't say this to embarrass you or make it weird, um, but I think I think Shala in her chosen profession, we'll just say it out loud. She's an assassin, right? Um, she's a rogue assassin. Um, and I think she uses that to her advantage. Um, Eliandor being, of course, they are they're twins. Uh, and uh, he, of course, very attractive as well. I think he plays that to his advantage. Do you find that in your role as peacekeeper or just in making your way through the world, do you find that to be an advantage or is it something that like uh, we're more than just pretty faces? First of all, I just want to say that you do not have to worry about ever complimenting a blood elf on their appearance. We are aware and we are thankful. Any compliment we will gladly accept. At least those that I've met. And oh, you like hearing ones. that? Is that what I'm hearing? You, you, of you, course. You, you like hearing that? That's what I'm Who hearing. Would not like okay, it. there you go. So no valid uh, point. Yeah, and I find that my physical appearance perhaps might not give me an upper hand in my chosen profession, but I do find that the blood elf standard of beauty and elegance has helped me. Clothing-wise, my armor, and I, I actually tried to convince uh, my Torum friend downstairs, Baram, that he should try to travel to Silvermoon one day and see if maybe he could be outfitted with some Thalassian armor. It is much more comfortable than any other race's wear wearables, and especially for combat, there is no reason to have chafing, to have unnecessary you know, burns from weird metals chafing. Genuinely, why do you not, all you other races, just make comfortable clothing? I see here in Halfhill, in Pandaria, you seem to appreciate that, no? Is that something that I could, you appreciate comfortable well, clothing? Well, listen, Pandarans, listen, Pandarans are all about comfort 100% of the time. No, I, I, I completely agree. You know, it's very interesting, though. You mentioned the quality of the armor in, uh, in Silvermoon, of course, one of the longtime sponsors of uh, of, of this show, um, uh, they were a longtime sponsor of the um, of the, the Chronicles of Gadget and Catfile. Was Krog's fine female letter leathers? Uh, Krog was an orc. We actually had uh, interviewed on the show here, and um, he produces some you know some pretty good stuff in Orgrimmar as well. And you said, didn't you say uh, earlier in the show that you had just come here from Orgrimmar? Yes, and uh, during this visit, I did not visit uh, his lovely female leather shop, but I have before. And even though I am a slender figure, there, he did not have anything that seemed to my liking. But uh, he does have high quality. Uh, I'll give okay. him that. Okay, all right. Well, he does kind of specialize in female, uh, you know, in, in female leathers. But uh, I just, I just found it interesting that you. Um, now you are you, are you from Silvermoon? 
originally? I was part of the the high elves who actually emigrated to Silvermoon. So, but I have spent a majority of my time in Silvermoon, a majority of my life. Yes. So, I would say that I am a Silvermoonian, if you will. Oh, okay. I've never been myself, but uh, Eliandor obviously speaks very, very high, highly of it. You know, he uh, occasionally will fill in for uh, Velmic, uh, our Draenei uh, food and lodging critic and travel correspondent. And I can't remember the name of the inn there, but uh, uh, Eliandor described it as the finest inn in all of Azeroth. I guess I'll kind of have to take his uh, take his word for that. Um, well, it's good to know that you at least know of Eliandor and his uh, twin sister, Shala. You know, they are, uh, you know, they're a welcome addition to the show. Um, again, I wanted to be very careful about asking that question because for those, you know, for our regular listeners, uh, Gerd the Ogre, when I asked him if he happened to know somebody, he really kind of called me out on a behavior that that it never occurred to me. Like, no, not every member of each race you know, all know each other or are related to each other. But since Eliandor is a, you know, a member, you know, uh, a member of the half hill gang, I, I felt like I had to ask you to H- be hang fair, on just one second, one second. Yeah. What was it? What was that? Den Den? What do you mean? Dessert? Who has dessert with breakfast? Uh, 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 okay. I'll, I'll make the offer. Um, apparently, um, your touring friend would like some dessert with breakfast. Would you, um, you don't want like dessert with breakfast because who, who does that? I mean, we have had quite a long travel and I have a bit of a sweet tooth. Well, yeah, maybe not. Ask Denden if what's his specialty. If it's got banana in it, no offense, Denden. I'm just a big fan of bananas. Okay. All right. Um, Sure, Den Den. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, put it on the bill. All right, very good. Okay. All right, so uh, we got dessert coming. Boy, this is really running into some money. Okay. Um, to be fair, Tosh, what do you me, think uh, about your about your, the blood elf question? I would not have known of Eliandor and Shala un- unless I knew of their family. It is. Because their family is has quite high status, and that is the reason that I know of their family. Uh, obviously, I've listened to the show. Ah, I, okay. I so it's more. Way. Okay. Okay, so it's more. It's more. You know their family than the two of them, because regular listeners will know that you know Eliandor and Shala kind of have had a falling out with their family. Um, you know, they're from. They're from wealth. Uh, and privilege, and because of the, I guess, dilettante nature of their their lifestyle, they got kind of cut off from the family fortune for the most part, and so they're making their way in the world as best they can, and Shalaf simply chose to do that by being a rogue assassin, which I guess that's, that's a choice people make. Um, and I would gather that you know, from the looks of, they don't appear to have scaled back on their lifestyle at all. They they both dress very well. You're, you know, you mentioned your, uh, you mentioned your armor. It is. I will say, uh, I have not met that many blood elves. Of course, I see them travel here through Half Hill occasionally. You all do have an extraordinary fashion sense, uh, and and always dress really, really well, really, really well. I want to compliment you. Thank you. I do appreciate that. Is that just a cultural thing? What is that? I mean, I have I have heard rumors that the trial of style actually originated in Silvermoon. In one of the inns there, there was a, a, a semi-regular walkway, if you will, where people would be allowed to show off their best their best dresses for the occasion. So, yes, I absolutely believe that blood elves have a particular sense of fashion. Well, don't I'm wow, I'm almost glad Professor Talib isn't here. She she for many many years her absolute favorite event in all of uh you know, in all year is the trial of style, but 
apparently, and she talked about it on the last episode, has been extraordinarily disappointed with the rewards. I mean, it's still a fun event, um, but it just it's it's just not paying off the way she would like. Oh no, you I know, agree. I've, it has been uh, the, the rewards recently have been atrocious at best. Um, even the boots is a is a silly excuse for a reward, and frankly. We bring them business. I believe they should up their efforts quite a bit for us to continue to patronize their their events. So I, I agree with Professor Talib. It has been shameful. You know, I can almost feel her smiling. Wherever she is right now, I'm sure she's in her office grading one of my papers in a highly critical manner. Um, but I'm, I'm sure she is. If she's listening, and she often listens to the show when she's when she's working, uh, you know, I'm sure she's you know, grinning from ear to ear to, to hear you say that. Um, so uh, this has been a, this is, hang on, hang on. What was that, Den Den? A balloon ride? He wants a balloon ride. Uh, Katie and your um, Torin friend, um, would like us to provide uh, a balloon ride. I, I hope we're not putting you out, Toshmafoni. Pandaria. Um, no. Do you want him to go ahead without you, or do you want to wait till we wrap up the conversation, and then you can go together? Oh, a balloon ride. I I did ask you for different places to go and visit, and I that would be a lovely way to see a lot of those places. Yes. Tell, tell Barum that that I, I he should wait for me. We can go together. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, Den Den, go ahead. Go ahead and set that up for them. Yes, yes. Put that on my bill as well. Yeah, I I know, I know, I know. It's it's starting to run into a lot. I get it. Just tell Leilan I'll I'll take care of it. Okay, balloon ride. That sounds fun. That's great. You should no, join you, us. You're right. You should and join us. I got it. I got. Um, you know what? I may very well do that. It's uh, you know, uh, you know, the Valley of the Four Winds, uh, Jade Forest. Uh, by my way of thinking, I haven't seen everywhere in Azeroth, obviously, but to my way of thinking, it, you know, it certainly, and it's biased, but I think it's the most beautiful place in Azeroth. You came here to the turnip uh, to get some rest, some relaxation, uh, and you know, get away from your duties as a, as a peacekeeper. Is this is this your first time to Pandaria and to Halfhill? Yes, yes, it is. I've heard quite a lot about it, but I've never had the pleasure. So I obviously traveled through Portal to Jade Forest and made my way down here. So I've seen just passing through the Jade Forest and walking through the rolling hills of, of the Valley of the Four Winds. And I'm quite enjoying it so far. Thank you so much for the invitation once again. You know, no no problem. And, you know, it's just wonderful to have you on the show. And I'm glad that you find, um, you know, because arguably um, Ashenvale has its own, you know, has its own beauty and uh, Silver Moon, from what I've heard, is an absolutely spectacular city. But there's just something about the peace, uh, you know, kind of the peaceful nature of of Half Hill, um, you know, and the Valley of the Four Winds that I think not only me, but a lot of people find very restful. I, I don't see myself ever living anywhere else. Of course, I got a decision coming up here, you know, hopefully uh, – Professor Talib, I hope you're listening. Hopefully, I'm going to be graduating from Half L Ag soon, so I'm going to have a decision to make here as to what I'm going to do with my life after that. I can't see that being anywhere outside of Half L, and I'm glad you find it as lovely and as relaxing as uh, as as certainly I do, and I think like many other people. And I, you know, a balloon ride is going to be a uh, you know just a great great very expensive way to see that. I mean, there would be cheaper ways, but no, I, you're right. I, I invited you. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I, you know, maybe I will go with, 
um, because it's always fun to see your home through somebody else's eyes. Should, you know, I, I was thinking about this for you to graduate. I have, I'm a bit of a, I think I would call myself a good listener and hearing Professor Talib on the air, it seems that you would really improve your chances for good grades and, and a great graduation if you went on a few more excursions, shall we say, maybe a visit here and there, some actual, uh, no offense, but actual journalism on on the ground. And I think Silvermoon would be a great first first visit. It is beautiful. I can show you around even, and I'm sure Eliandra would also like to show you his favorite spots, but I think you would. It would really. Did you did Did you coordinate this with Professor Talib in advance? What's going on here? How I I mean, I, 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 where, I, where is this coming from? I mean, I know you have ex, you expressed in your letter that you guys listen to the show, but did you coordinate that with Professor Talib? Because that's that's a I, I would I'm. <laughs> oh, I I would I would never go Professor Talib if you're listening. Oh, I, I'm sure you wouldn't. No, absolutely not. Because why would you? Um, y- you know, at this point, my grades are kind of what they are. Um, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think I am going to graduate. Um, Professor Talib obviously would like to get me out into the field. Um, you know, uh, but you know, I got a, you know, I got a sensitive stomach. I don't travel well. Uh, you know, she pointed out much to my embarrassment when we went to. Stormwind to participate in the uh, trial of style. Uh, I got portal sick. It just, it just doesn't seem to matter what form of transportation I use. I just, I just got a weak constitution. I, you know, it's weird for a Pandaren, but there you have it. uh, Which is why I rely on our correspondents to bring us the news from around Azeroth. Uh, And that lets me, you know, stay at home and run the show and, but yeah, you're right. I'd probably have slightly better grades if I would get out into the field. So you would recommend Silvermoon. Would that be a safe place for me to go? Oh, absolutely. We have many Pandaren. And it, it is it is a safe place. It is a major city. We have not seen an invasion since the Scourge invasion many years ago. And frankly, you do not have to see that. You do not want to see that. But but Tashbifuni, Anaria Shola, you are a homebody. Just admit it. It is okay. I am a what? A, a homebody. You you do not like. Oh, a homebody. A homebody. Yeah, you know, I really don't. I mean, that you know, look, there are so many you know adventures out there in in Azeroth. You're one of them, um, you know, and I and I get to hear about their travels as they come here through the turnip. I, you know, they're of an evening or an afternoon. I just love to sit in the turnip and watch adventurers come through and hear their stories about their great adventures and their, you know, the, the big events they see in the world. But, you know, here at the Half Hill Report, we, you know, we tend to focus on, you know, the, the, the you know, the small stories, the, 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 the things that happen to regular citizens of Azeroth in their day-to-day lives, the the small experiences, which in the grand arc of history are not huge or earth-shattering, but for those people, it's big to them within their world. And and I think, you know, and I think you you said something earlier in the show about why you went, uh, why you didn't go to the Shadowlands. And you said, hey, I'm not really one of Azeroth's great heroes. Um, I would debate you a little bit on that because if you're acting as a peacekeeper, I think you are one of Azeroth's great heroes. But um, so, you know, do you, and I'm I'm kind of building up here to, you know, wrapping up and, and uh, you know, what our typical final question is here. Um, do you, do you see what you do as a peacekeeper on uh, let's call it a smaller scale do you see this do you see that as as moving the the needle towards away from war and more towards peace do you see it as making a difference 
I would hope so. It is my hope. It is discouraging at times, and it is heavy to see people's burdens and and how people view this strenuous piece that we have. But I have hope, but I do not think it is anytime soon. I do not think, if I am being realistic, that this peace treaty that we currently have between the Horde and Alliance will last forever. I have seen too much to believe that it will last forever. It might be pessimistic, and I do have hope, but unfortunately, like you said, the small stories that I see every day, they do not point in that direction. Not always. There are times when when there is kindness between factions, between peoples. But unfortunately, at this time, perhaps time will heal many wounds and perhaps reunions will bring peace to troubled souls. But right now, it is hard to lead with hope, even though I, I do my best. And as peacekeeper, it, it is my job to do that. So I, I would plead to those that do feel these this hatred in their heart towards other people, towards other nations who feel the need to, to impose on other territories to show that they are rightful owners or rightful leaders, rulers, whatever it may be, to take a moment and... It is a tired old saying, but to see something from someone else's perspective, to walk in somebody else's shoes, to see what their experience is. Why do they act the way they do? There's so much hurt in this in this world, in these interdimensional words, it seems. Whenever we travel between planes of existence, there's just more hurt. And so often it is because we misunderstand each other or because some people do not want to understand. And so I would plead to leaders, to commanders, to footmen, to civilians, to take a moment and view someone else's perspective. Why are we here on Azeroth? What can we do to make life better? I try to do that every day, and I get lost. And I was lost, especially in the middle of the Fourth War, and, and especially during the invasion of Zuldasar. But I do believe, in the long run, there can be hope. But it takes all of us to make that a reality. Uh, that, I think, Cadian may have been some of the most eloquent stuff I, I have ever heard, uh, certainly that I've had the privilege of presenting here on the Half-Hill Report, and I couldn't agree more, and thank you so much for the, the, you know, the truth and the emotion in your voice, you know, speaking as someone who, uh, as a warfighter, I, I can't add to that in any way. I can't possibly embellish that except to thank you for it. Um, we're coming to uh, our time, if we're going to catch the balloon ride together, um, hang on. What? What? What's that, Den Den? Dinner after the balloon ride? Well, don't they have any kind of a special going at the market? No. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Just yes. Yes. Put it on my bill. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I can. Yes, I will be able to pay the bill. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, so we're going to be having dinner. That'll be fun. Um, perhaps, perhaps I couldn't have said could it anymore. Bring a packed lunch as well on the air balloon. Sure, why not? Absolutely great idea. I will uh, I'll as soon as we get off the air, the air, I will make uh, make arrangements for that. Um, Kadian, again, I want to thank you, especially for those final comments. That was just so, so eloquent and so needed in the world right now. Um, 
I want to end the show the way we we you know we always end these interviews. Um, we have a saying around here uh, that was originally coined by um, a, a longtime friend of the show, Thunk the Peon, uh, which is uh, make your own turnip. And what that means is basically go out, you know, for us here on the show, uh, go out, pursue your own dreams, make your own happiness, uh, seize the day, if you will. Um, if you wouldn't mind uh, ending the show with your thoughts on that or anything else you might want to touch on and then end it with inviting our listeners to make their own turnip and then we'll go get our box lunch and our um and our balloon ride and then look forward to dinner afterwards and what the heck professor talib if you're listening to the show why don't you join us you know in for a copper in for a gold so you have the you have the final say here kadian i would like to encourage all listeners to realize that making your own turnip does not mean that you have to do it alone. There are those around you who, even if they do not know it yet, might want to help you. And there are those around you that you want to help. So help each other make your own turnip like I have, even though I have maybe been a little not forthcoming with Tosh Mifuni because I had a conversation with Denden before I came up here and told him to continuously ask Tosh Mifuni for more and more, but actually put it on me and Barum's. <laughs> okay. All right. You, um, y- y- you got me. That was good. Uh, you, you got me pretty good on that one, Kadian. Well, <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am uh, glad to have helped you to make your own turnip. Thank you for listening to this special edition of The Half Hill Report. The opinions expressed herein are those of the guests and are not endorsed by The Half Hill Report or Half Hill Agricultural College. Professor Talib and I extend our sincerest thanks to Anar Shaleen, for so generously giving of his time to be on our show today. Anar is the host of the wonderful World of Warcraft podcast, the weekly podcast roundup, and Realm Maintenance, which can be found on the Warcraft Radio Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find Anar on Twitter as Tweets With Ease. The Half Hill Report is a fan-created fictional radio broadcast based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used in the Half Hill Report are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Half Hill Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Half Hill Report or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com.